0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Ascend Through Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in John chapter 2. It reads, On the third day there was a wedding in Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water now become wine, he did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when the people have drunk freely, then the poor wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there for a few days. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons, and the money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold pigeons, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. So the Jews said to him, What sign do you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, "'It has taken forty-six years to build this temple, and you will raise it up in three days?' But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to them, because he knew all people, and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man." And today for our guest, we have Kyle Heiser back with us. And we're going to be looking here at John chapter 2. And I know that there's several things that really jump off the page for me as I read through this. But Kyle, what's jumping off the page to you as something you want us to nail down in on our nugget today?
1: Yeah, Lee. So right away, verse 11, the end part of that verse says, and his disciples believed in him. Knowing from studying the Bible, I see that disciple is a word that is meaning follower of Christ. So I guess my question that kind of looking at this is are they believing in him because of the actions that they're seeing or is this a confirmation of what is being told?
0: Yeah, so that's really good for us to think about. That's what we're really going to nail down for our negative truth here, thinking, what do we need for belief in God? Because when we look back at chapter one, we saw this yesterday. When John is baptizing, he says, Hey, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So that's a declaration about who Jesus is. And we see what's going on with that. And we see that then he starts to have disciples follow him. It says the next day John was standing with two of his disciples. They looked and they walked by the sea. Behold the Lamb of God. He says that again. Then they start to Follow. So they have some concept of his teaching. They're actually already called disciples. And so you think that they would be believing, but you, as you've pointed out to us, say here in verse 11, it says, And his disciples believed in him because of this sign. And so that's a testament to what he's doing. But definitely, we have to remember for these people, they're Jewish individuals who have heard about people who have done signs and wonders before, right? We could go back to Moses, we could go to Elijah or Elijah these prophets of God that did signs and wonders, it really signaled to the people, hey, this is an important person. You need to listen to him. You need to listen to the message that he has. But when we look here at Jesus and we look at the disciples here in John chapter 2, even in our passage, it gives us a little bit of a thought of saying, hey, when we look at what's happening, they don't really understand. Look with me down at verse twenty. Verse twenty says, then the Jew says, "It's taken forty six years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days?" But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he'd said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. So how John's going to wrap this up for us? He's really telling us a little bit about the future already here in this thing. Talk about like extreme foreshadowing, right? He's just gone ahead to tell us, "Hey, Jesus is going to rise again from the dead." Boom! He just drops that bomb on us in verse twenty two here. Before any things ever happen. And so there's some understanding of what's going to happen, what's going to take place and what he's doing. But it's, it's big to understand, hey, the disciples' belief is growing. And so if you're reading this for a first time as you're walking through, maybe that's causing your belief to grow as well. That's why John writes this. We can jump all the way to John chapter 20 and it says, Jesus did many other signs and wonders in the presence of his disciples, but these were written so that you may believe and that in believing in him, you may have a life. And so when we think about that, that's what's happening here. We're watching that belief grow. We know that they have some concept at this point, but it continues to grow. And it's my prayer that that's the same for us as we encounter God in His Word each time we come to it.
1: Yeah, I think that's good. Um, just the continued growth daily, it's a daily process, and just making sure that we are challenged so we don't become stagnant, we don't become comfortable. I'm kind of thinking through the daily belief and how it is a constant step of belief, just like you see throughout the entire New Testament and just different religious activities that we might do. If we are not being challenged in our growth and our fruit of the spirit, if we're not being challenged, then we're going to become stagnant or comfortable. And that's when we're vulnerable.
0: Yeah, definitely. Hey, my mind goes straight to John chapter 6 with that because Jesus by that point has this huge crowd of people that are following because of the signs and wonders. And then he says, okay, I'm going to pull back the curtain and tell you what this is really all about. And they're like, hey, we're out. And so I don't want to spoil too much from that because we're going to get there. But there are people who are in religious circles that are not growing in their belief, not growing in their understanding. And that's going to put them in a dangerous or a precarious situation because they're going to become callous to the gospel, callous to the truth. It's not going to transform their heart. It's not going to transform their mind. It's not going to lead them to a life of repentance. But here we have that. Here we have the disciples who were, saved. Judas, growing in their belief. We know that that's coming. We know that there's there. He even gives us evidence of that here in this chapter. Let's turn the page a little bit and think about some questions. I always laugh about a question that I have in this one. I want to know whose wedding they're at, right? We don't know whose wedding this is. Weddings are a big deal. And the biggest thing you remember about the wedding, or hopefully, is the people that are getting married. We don't really see them mentioned here. I've looked into it a little bit because I'm just curious and I want to know that. Tradition actually says it's Nathaniel, who we met in the last chapter, who is down there reading God's word and learning about those things. That's actually a part of his preparation for his marriage and for the ceremony that's coming. Tradition says it's Nathaniel. We don't know that for sure. But I think that's kind of a fun little uh, caveat to have in this chapter. But what's a question that you have about this passage?
1: Yeah, so another question I had was, In verse four, it says, and Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me and my hour has not yet come? What even does that mean?
0: Yeah, definitely. That's a, that's one that jumps out to me too. Uh, Once the shock wears off that Jesus just says woman, instead of like mom or Mary, we can just take that back off of this and really talk about, Hey, what does it mean that his hour has not yet come? When we're thinking about that, obviously this is his introduction to public ministry, We don't have anything of this before. We don't have any of those things, but he's focusing on his hour of visibility. And, you know, we see in other places we talk about in Mark, the Mark in secret, where Jesus is constantly bringing down the crowd to say, hey, no, we don't want this big crowd around us. He sends people away. He doesn't want them to know who he is. He speaks in parables, all these other things. The hour, the specific hour is going to point to the resurrection and uh, the crucifixion, that time being the true hour that is the biggest manifestation of Him and who His glory is. So that's a specific time. But in terms of like the biggest ministry, we're saying His hour has not yet come in terms of it's not time for Him to be on full display to everyone. Yeah.
1: So I I think that's really good. Just kind of thinking through it, I guess what comes to mind is why is He trying to hide Him having people pointed to Christ, to what He's doing, His ministry? It makes me think of You know, if I do something cool, I want people to see it. I want that to be attention to be on me. And so why is he not wanting that?
0: Yeah, and then we go back to that there's a divine plan in play, and we know that Jesus is pointed towards the cross. He knows that's where he's headed, even from day one, even from really honestly before the foundation of the earth. He knows that's where he's headed, to the cross, to die on the cross for our sins. And he doesn't want it to be too much. This wedding is a huge event in the life of a city or in the life of a town, and there's so many people would be there in that community watching this. And so he wants her to know, hey, this is not necessarily what's taking place in terms of these huge things. But even that that interaction is just strange. What does Mary know about his ability to do something about this? We also know that Mary was given those messages by the angels as we look at other uh, scriptures. We know that that said that he was the Son of God, he would be the Savior of the world. We just don't know a lot about their interaction and their relationship and what she understands and how her faith is growing and what has happened in her life that leads her to know that, hey, Jesus can get this job done. But we know he's saying, hey, yeah, sure, I can do it. And I can do it probably even in more miraculous ways than this. But he picks something that's a visible enough sign that people will know, hey, you're the guy that we should follow. We should listen to what you have to say. So whatever your question is, dive into this passage some more. Answer that question. There were lots of different places we could have gone with questions today. Grateful for Kyle and the ways that he brought us to these two things that we could focus on. But whatever that question is, Find people in your life. Talk about it like Kyle and I have been talking today. Talk through those things. Study God's word. Get to the other places in the scriptures that talk about it. Use the tools around you that help you to understand what's going on. And as you do that, you'll continuously grow in your belief, as we saw in this chapter, as you experience who Jesus is and as he's revealed to you as the son of God. Know today you are loved.